0: What's up everyone, welcome to the 212th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. My name is SBJ and with me on this Thursday morning at 12.01am is Micah the Brave. Midnight the Brave. Midnight the Brave, how are you Micah? Good, I'm kind of tired. Me too. We're recording really late, but I wanted to get something out this week before we go back to the Sunday, the normal Sunday recordings, especially since Midwest Gaming Classic was this past weekend, and I wasn't, I was unable to record. So here we are. But before, before we dive into Midwest Gaming Classic and everything, this is... Just really an episode kind of recapping Midwest Gaming Classic. And Micah Micah is here because Micah was at Midwest Gaming Classic with myself. So we're just going to be recapping that. And probably I'll just probably touch on the movie night that I had uh, the other night with with some of the Patreon backers and Twitter and Facebook followers. So we'll touch on that. But how was your week, Micah? How was your
1: weekend? How was your week? Uh, My weekend was loaded with... Classic games, the, and Pokemon, the classiest of games. The classiest of classic games. It was good. Uh, and then the week's been, you know, just busy, busy and exhausting. You've been but streaming. I have been. I actually didn't stream tonight because, as you know, I got hung up. And uh, but I streamed last night, and we played Quantum Break, which is a very unique and very interesting game. Are you liking it? I am. It's the they by do, the people. Really interesting, by the people who did uh, Alan Wake. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Yep. Remedy Entertainment. They did. Um, they do something really unique with this game where it's very choice based. So at the end of each chapter, you have about probably two three hours of gameplay, and then at the end of the chapter, uh, you make a crucial decision for the story, and you have two options. You pick one. And then they give you about a 22-minute long live-action episode that changes depending on which choices you've made throughout the game. And uh, I, I'm sure you've seen a lot of the characters are uh, they're acted like voice acted and face models for um, the kid, from actual actors. Uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones is one of them, and uh, I think. Everybody was saying Iceman from X-Men, but I don't really know who that guy is. So Mr. Freeze it translates really well. Yes. Mr. Freeze from Batman Forever, or is that Batman and Robin? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I think Batman Forever. I Nice to, like, probably... to meet you.
0: <laughs> Will Brendel, the biggest Batman fan in the world, is probably yelling at his
1: <laughs> iPhone right now that we don't know Freeze. Batman. Freeze to meet you. No, it's really good, though. It's it's a really unique take on... on uh, It's a, it's an interesting format that I haven't really seen before. Um, and some people really liked it. Some people were kind of like, I don't really want to watch a 22-minute-long cutscene. Just let me play the game. But it was kind of neat. I turned off the webcam, and I turned off the mic, and we just sat and watched it and talked about it in chat. It was a good time. Cool, cool. So far, so good. It's a very beautiful game. I have
0: not been playing quantum break but i have been been playing a lot of clash royale
1: (laughs) the old clash regal
0: and (laughs) boy is that game frustrating there's like something i've talked about clash royale before on on the show but diving deeper into it and now spending spending money money with it there's like this commitment now that i have of trying to get good as as the kids would say,
1: as the kids would say,
0: and Please and, good, and it's it's funny because you know i I was never a clash of clans player, like I understand the the appeal, I understand the the shady business of it, I understand <laughs> the money sink that it is, and I understand that a lot of people play it without spending any money i totally get that i was back in the day a big simpsons tapped out fan and i think throughout that that mobile game lifetime i probably put two hundred dollars or so into it and it was very like it was very like i i'm limiting myself to ten dollars a week and then it came to like well now they had these scratch-off tickets so i'm gonna do one scratch-off ticket a day that's only one dollar a day that's only seven dollars a week and if if something's on sale, you know it's on sale, so I can splurge a little this week. I'll put twenty dollars. This is how I got to two hundred dollars you know fast forward to Clash Royale, which is more of a i'll I'll just explain it right it's It's like a tower offense game, tower defense, but more of taking out their towers in order to win while defending your towers and you build a deck of you build a deck of eight different cards, and as you go. You get a lot of free cards in a day. You If there's timers for three-hour chests, and when you open the chests, I think you get like 20 or 30 cards, and you can put those cards and infuse them, and they become stronger, and then your deck overall becomes stronger, and it's player versus player. You're always playing a human, and I think that that probably adds a lot to my anger that comes with the game of like, I know that it's a human, and when I make a mistake, like. I feel that, like, I, I'm better than this, and I'm better than this person on the other side of the screen. <laughs> and, like, when they make a mistake, that feels, like, really good because, you know, computers usually don't make mistakes, and, you know, humans do. And so I've, I've sunk some money into it, which I think is fine, and there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'll never put money into it. But I think you coming from a magic background and me coming from a Pokemon background, there's a lot of, like, we spent a lot of money Oh, all the time to get like four cards in our deck that (laughs) will be an embarrassing amount of money (laughs) that will be obsolete in three months or six months or like like i bought two tropical beaches and they were a hundred dollars each for a deck that i ran at a tournament and then afterwards those cards dropped to eighty dollars and was like well i could sell them now and take a forty dollar loss on these two cards and eventually they went up to 120 and then they went back down they went back up
1: Mm mm-hmm well, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, I don't remember who it was with. I think it was with our friend Alex. And we were talking about uh, the value, the the resale value. And the one thing that I, I said that I kind of have a problem justifying uh, mobile game stuff like this is that there's not much of there Even with physical card games, there's always somewhat of a resale value, at least with magic, especially because they have things like. Uh, legacy formats where cards that are no longer legal in the uh, the most current you know current card set formats people still run those cards in other formats so they still have value to some degree and so even if I get tired of whatever I'm playing if I get tired of magic or whatever it is I can offload everything that I have for at least something you know where with a mobile game I feel like there's no opportunity really to do that. The money's gone, you know. But that being said, I did you with your incredible ability to get, convince people to play the mobile games that you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I did, over the course of the MGC weekend, I downloaded Clash Royale. I didn't touch it, really. I played a little bit of the tutorial, and then Monday, while we were watching uh, Monday Night Raw... I picked it up again and played it and I've actually been playing it pretty consistently. I haven't put any money into it yet, but I'm actually really enjoying it. It it's it's interesting to me how much A how much it's like Hearthstone. Yes. And also how different it is from
0: Hearthstone. I agree. I agree a hundred percent with both your points. And I think that's why I almost like it more than Hearthstone.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of mechanics that really take the that Hearthstone inspiration and then make it its own and make it a new experience and kind of refresh it, which is really nice. But the thing that was the most distinct to me was how uninvested I was going through the tutorial and s- still pretty generally skeptical while I was playing the tutorial. And then the second that I was playing real people, it hit me and it picked up really fast. It got really uh like nerve-wracking really quickly (laughs) and i started to get really salty yep and also really uh really heated about how well i wanted to do
0: (laughs) yeah there was so i've been playing probably probably for three weeks and i would and i've had the game for a month and the first the first week it was kind of the same experience as you i downloaded it i played a little bit and then i was like i don't see the appeal i don't see why it's number one in the app store I mean it's not bad. I just didn't see what made it so special. And then eventually I came back to it just because I was like, There was downtime. I need to do something. Let's try Clash Royale again. And I was like, Oh, this chest is done. Oh, look at all these new cards and modifying my deck. And now like I'm winning. And I went through like oh you know, less than a week I got to a thousand trophies, which is it's whatever. It's it is what it is. And then for two weeks I struggled at a 1, thousand and twelve hundred and now in this last week. I've pushed up to 1,800 trophies, which to me was like a huge accomplishment. I felt really good. I almost made it to 2,000 today. I was just a couple points, a couple trophies shy of that. And then, like, today during dinner, I dropped down to 1,700. And, like, I was so frustrated. I was so <laughs> disappointed in myself that I went, I had like a 300 trophy span. And I was games usually don't make me that mad. Like, I lose all the time to poke in on stream, and it's, it's fine. Like, I shake my head, I laugh, I play the next game, I'm still having fun. And I'm not saying I'm not having fun with Clash Royale, but, like... It has such a competitive... I, I, I know I'm... <laughs> right, like, I know what I did wrong, and I'm not... I'm just mad at myself for messing up. Like, when I, like, launch arrows to take out a minion horde, and I timed it one second too short, and my arrows whiff, I, like... No, at that moment in time, I just lost the match because of one misplay I just did. Yeah, And you kind of get that in Pokemon and Magic, like, oh, I misplayed, I'm probably going to lose. But at the same time, with Pokemon and Magic, you're like, oh, I just drew bad. Like, I, I just didn't start off good. And you don't really get that feeling in Clash Royale. And I, you. And I think that's why I like it more than Hearthstone, because with Hearthstone, it's like, oh, I drew bad. And in Clash Royale, like... You have you draw four cards and there's eight cards in the deck. So like, yeah, you can go, I drew bad, but like you're gonna see all the cards in like the next twenty seconds. Right.
1: Yeah. And I actually really like that. I like that it that it cycles through everything so you see the majority of your deck within the time span of the match, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I like I really like the style, I guess. I I I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say it's it's weird, too, because I'm generally not anybody that would be interested in um, tower defense, but it's just enough of that card game influence to make me want to play it to to get me interested in it, which yeah. is which is surprising for me that I got as into something that's pri- kind of primarily tower tower defense when that's <laughs> not something I would ever play. Really? And that was the big turnoff for me initially when I was watching you play it and you were telling me about it and stuff. I was like, oh, God, tower defense. It's not something that I can really get into. But do you, uh, you get that hog rider yet? No hog rider yet. <laughs> not yet. Have you faced some hog riders? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I'm still pretty early. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, I'm at a point now where I'm playing real people and... Getting really upset when <laughs> it's so close that I just barely take out their second tower before time runs out, yeah,
0: well, going back to uh what I was saying before before I ranted, like I sat at you know a thousand to twelve hundred for almost two weeks, and now I don't really fall below seventeen hundred like today was the first day in a week I really fell below seventeen hundred and usually I've been sitting at eighteen hundred and then I got back to eighteen hundred before the podcast, but i was i had to like calm myself down and go like like look at what you have accomplished in the matter of like five to seven days like you made this huge jump you broke through this wall you almost made it to 2000 today and now you're bumped back down but like you're not really bumped back down like i still made that progress so like that that at the that at the end of the day is kind of exciting because it's like i do have progress i could show like Hopefully, I can break that two thousand wall and then get into tournaments and stuff because, like, I really like the game, and that's why I don't mind buying new cards because it's it's exciting. Like, it's cool. It's 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 a great game. And for we have a we have we have a PKMN cast clan in it, and it's full right now. You can have fifty members in a clan. So if you're listening and you're in the clan and you don't play Clash Royale, probably gonna have to kick you out because it's you, very exclusive. It's it. <laughs> Plus we have, a, we have a, like Micah's not even in the clan yet, we have other people that, that are not in the clan, and so like, gotta knock out the act, inactive people so we can trade them hog riders.
1: <laughs> it's called uh, Clash Royale, okay? It's, it's a very exclusive. <laughs> the most regal club. The most royale of
0: clashes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of royales... This past weekend was the Midwest Gaming Classic. It, it was definitely a, kind of a
1: battle royale.
0: <laughs> so it took place in Brookfield, Wisconsin, like it does every year. I think I want to say it's like it's eighth or ninth year. I don't think it's I don't think it had ten because if it had ten, I probably they probably would have done something. But I I know that it existed a little bit prior to me starting. But this was my sixth year there mm-hmm. yeah and it was kind of it was it was very different compared to a lot of a lot of past years the the biggest change of hosting a pokemon podcast room as as the sign said outside the door was we were in a different room uh we were in the community hall in the quote unquote basement which uh, the, the base it's not really a ba- i mean it's it is a basement, but it's it's where all like the smaller conference rooms are. Mm-hmm. And I want to say there's two, three, four, five, about six rooms down there. And mine's not the smallest, but not the biggest. And there's like two rooms that are kind of merged together. That's across the hall.
1: Anyways, we were it's down. It's like there- a showcase hallway. I guess is the best way to describe yeah. it. Like it's mostly rooms that people are showcasing their games or other people's games you know like like the virtual reality stuff is always in a showcase room and it's kind of a hallway that you walk down and on either side all the way down the hallway it's just different showcases for different games or independent games or you know stuff like that
0: right and so we were down there for the last five years and it was great the room was big the only let's say problem it wasn't that big of a problem was there was this huge like conference table in our room that couldn't really leave the room because it was really awkward it was really big it was screwed together like it would probably take four or five people to move it out the door and then once it got out the door there was really nowhere to put it because mm-hmm. it was so big but we took advantage of it we'd put all the tvs on it we'd move it in different spots like we would always try to do something with it and you know there was there was never a problem and then i think when we first started having problems with the room was when we started sharing with the the Nintendo reps because two years ago they approached me and they were like hey we want to come to Midwest Gaming Classic there is no space here every single room is taken we really like what you guys do like obviously you're doing Pokemon stuff would it be cool if we set up like two tables in the corner of your room next year and like have a Wii U and have some DS's and do some giveaways and I was like yeah absolutely like you guys are from Nintendo like you're not suing me of course like (laughs) <laughs> Share the room, and that was it. Was awesome. The two guys that run it, fantastic, very, very awesome, awesome dudes. The problem was because they were in Nintendo, they brought in so much traffic that it re- it really made the room not comfortable to be in. Like some people want to come in, they want to sit down, they want to play a couple rounds of Pokemon Stadium Two, they want to play you know ten fifteen minutes of Pokemon Snap, they want to do the Pokemon Pinball, they want to do Poke Park. We have so many different Pokemon games going on. And when you have people just coming in, coming out for the freebies Nintendo is doing, you're blocking the doorway and you're filling the room. And so I think we both realized that, both parties. Mm -hmm. And we did it again last year where it was both of us. And it was just almost even worse last year. So we both kind of went to the, inviting people this year and we were like, hey, this was a scenario last year. It was almost like, you just give us both separate rooms they could just be a little bit smaller but like we obviously can fill them we've shown you the last five years that you know our rooms are extremely busy and so they were like yeah sure cool here is a new room they actually moved the nintendo guys across the hall into that big room i described earlier and they got more space you know they were still sharing with people but they definitely got more space and uh, the pokemon podcast room got moved upstairs which was exciting, something different. Uh, but the room was significantly smaller, and I think I did the best I could working
1: with the space. Yeah, you did. For, for what it was, if you, if you didn't make it there, Steve did a really good job with making it spacious for what it was. I, I mean, imagine all of the rooms on that level and in that block are all hotel rooms that they essentially they take the bed out of, they empty it out, and they they leave you pretty much nothing i guess for you to fill with your tables and your your products and stuff like that and you for how small it was you did a really good job of making it spacious yeah
0: and this year we actually had we had pokin tournament set up we had pokemon stadium 2 pokemon snap the pokemon pinball machine that uh myself and aaron built and then our merch table it was more so what we fit in the other rooms, minus Pokin. I mean, substitute, like, Pokemon Stadium 1 or, or Pokemon Puzzle League or, you know, some other games. Mm-hmm. And you made the call of no chairs, which I think was a good call, because that would have made the room even more smaller. But I think it also benefited in, like, hey, like, play some Pokemon Stadium 2, but, like, don't sit here for eight hours. Right.
1: Especially, like... People have a tendency to, if they see that there are chairs, they think... Well, I'll just sit here and take a rest and it's it's less about I I mean not saying that people would just come in and just just because you have chairs, but they're more inclined to stick around, I think, if you do because it's someplace that they can rest from walking around all day.
0: Yeah. And we've we've had past years downstairs where people have spent more than four to five hours in the room. Yeah. At a time. And it blows my mind. Well, First, let me back up. It's flattering that they find my room <laughs> to fit their needs. I, I get it. It's awesome, cool. At the same time, you just paid, you know, forty to sixty dollars for the weekend. There is more than enough to see here. Right. Why are you dedicating so much time to, you know? Because you had chairs, man. I had chairs, but you know, I'm not. Pokemon Stadium Two is not that rare of a game.
1: (laughs) It blew my mind that even though, even after we had that conversation about chairs and wound up not putting chairs in the room, there were people who would still come in and just sit on the floor. Yeah, like at the end of the day, I guess maybe it didn't matter if there were chairs or not. (laughs) People will sit wherever they want. Uh, So, how do you?
0: we'll we'll come back to the Pokemon podcast room but how did you feel overall about the con you probably walked around more than i did just because i had to stay stationed at the booth but how did you feel how did you feel the con was
1: i liked it it's good it's it, i mean i've been going to it for a long time and you know i always enjoy it because it's it's the same experience and you kind of know what to expect you know to expect that there's going to be some really cool old stuff there that you've either never seen in person or you you know have never hey or you haven't played in a long time or something like that something from your childhood that you haven't seen in forever and the vendor hall i think last year or the year before was the first time that they started doing a tent outside for the vendor hall instead of inside i think this is the 3rd year third? they did it yeah cuz the first this is the
0: the first year where the tent was like the biggest that's ever been yeah. But I remember the last, they're both years they had the tent prior. It was rainy and
1: flooded. Yep. And it, the tent's nice. It, it you know, it, it is a good place for people to walk around and see the vendors and stuff like that. But all in all, it's generally always the same experience with some new little surprises that you find along the way. So it's nice being able to, you know, when you're anticipating mgc and you're getting ready for it and you're looking forward to it you know exactly what it's going to be and it's comforting going to it and it's exactly what you were anticipating that being said i said a a couple times this weekend and even to people who other friends of mine who are there that have been going for a long time as well that midwest gaming classic i think has drastically outgrown that facility that that location. It's the fact that they have to keep increasing the size of the tent that they have outside outside is a clear indicator that it's too big for the Brookfield hotel. Yeah, I think it just, it needs to be somewhere where people can have access to everything pretty, pretty quickly because everything's really, really spread out in a really awkward way with how big it's grown. There's, You know a lot of the stuff that you see is really cool as always you know i i saw i don't know if you saw this but when i was walking around they had in a glass case the uh nintendo playstation the like one remaining uh copy of it the actual console they had it in like a glass case and that was really cool to see because i've never seen that before um and i picked up a couple things a couple like you know it was very cool it's obviously you can't play it but You know, was one of those gems
0: you were hinting at earlier, the guy selling the Pokemon ROMs? Uh, I
1: mean, that's something that I hadn't seen yet. I don't think I've seen some, you know, ROM hacks before, but I think the last few years up until this year, I hadn't really been paying attention to like gray area as far as legality goes on like games that are available in the vendor hall. But this one caught my eye mostly just because they had the uh, Twitch Plays Pokemon um, anniversary cartridge, which was pretty cool, like the physical cartridge. And I wound up picking that up. Um, But they had a lot of them. They had a ton of them, which were a lot of fan games that I've fan made games that I've seen before, but all on, you know, really generic Game Boy cartridges or Game Boy Advance cartridges. There's absolutely no way that
0: there is any legal merit to any of that
1: that can't be legal right right and if you think i I know that the twitch plays pokemon cartridge was available for a a while now like it was you know they did it for the first anniversary the one year anniversary and it was sold online and i'm sure that nintendo saw that and didn't do anything about it so i mean that one in specific, I guess, maybe I don't know why that would be much of a difference though, you know? There there was probably
0: twenty to thirty easily different types of ROM, whether it was like Pokemon Sky Dark version or Pokemon Brown or Pokemon Sweet Dreams or Pokemon Rayquaza yeah. Emerald version.
1: Pokemon glazed. And and
0: Shout like you said, Kay. like some of those you saw before And I I cannot imagine that this guy went and grabbed these ROMs, like whoever made Pokemon Brown, and was like, I grab this ROM, I put it into a Game Boy cartridge, I print out a sticker, I stick the sticker on, I make a, a box to put it in, and I sell it for $40, because I think every single ROM hack was $40, would put money on it that the person who made those ROMs are not seeing a penny.
1: Right. Absolutely. It can't be. It can't be. Like, the the only reason that I think the Twitch Plays Pokemon version was a different scenario is because they, very, they had very specific packaging for the one that was sold in conjunction with the actual Twitch Plays Pokemon anniversary, like a sleeve that had embossed printing and, you know something that none of the other ones had, really. Yeah. And even then, it was marked up for sure from what it was sold online for. So my my guess, at least, from being there was that the guy bought some on Etsy or wherever it was that they sold them and then just sold them it along with his other ROMs and marked it up $10 or whatever it is that he marked it up. As far as the legality goes... it's It's amazing to me that Nintendo hasn't seen hasn't done anything i mean maybe this this guy is an anomaly but i i have to think that if he's doing it multiple people at multiple different retro game conventions all over the states are probably also doing it and the fact that nintendo is a company that will go on to youtube or whatever and strike people copyright strike people for reviewing their games or whatever it is and there's nothing that's been done about this, and this guy could just be there out in the open selling stuff that was clearly infringing on on an IP. Right. It was kind of mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, and and I'm not saying, like, whoever made Pokemon Brown, obviously this guy grabbed it, put it on a cartridge, and now selling it for $40. person who made Pokemon Brown isn't seeing a penny. Maybe, but I highly doubt it, because there were so many different ROM versions. and. Right. This goes back to there was you know thirty different ROM versions. Like the guy selling it, I guarantee you the guy selling it didn't make these ROM versions. Like he grabbed them from somewhere, dumped them, started selling them. And to the oh, le-
1: absolutely
0: to the legality issue, there's there's no way that like like that would be like me taking Banjo Kazooie and like uh, switching out Kazooie to be a f- pidgeot and then switching out banjo to be a bear taking one like 40 dollars. here's your pokemon kazooie game come get it (laughs) hot off the presses
1: you just can't do that it's almost like i guess uh, what i would almost equate it to is if someone made uh, an album of cover songs or something and they released it for free because they didn't want to infringe on the original artist's work They released it for free online and weren't making any money from it. And then somebody who downloaded it then burned it to a bunch of CDs and took it somewhere and started selling it like that. That's kind of the because you can have ROM hacks and and distribute them online. For free, because, you know, it's 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 fan. It's essentially fan art to some degree. It's it's I feel like it falls under the same. The same category, it's, you know. It's it's a piece of fan work and you're not making any money from it from it. It's it's not anything that you're taking money from Nintendo for. So for this guy to then take that and copy it all, having done pretty much no work and then sell it is pretty shady.
0: Yes, yes. And it it almost blows my mind even more that that when you're i i don't know i don't know the extent of how to sign up for a vendor booth because the people the vendors do a different process than the people doing rooms and so when when you sign up to be a vendor is what do you say you're selling oh, i'm just selling hatch pokemon games here for 40 dollars a piece i know it's not legal but you know i'll be right over here that cool
1: awesome cool <laughs> Well, and it, it, they were selling a bunch of other stuff. So I think they probably didn't, they probably weren't completely clear on what they were, everything they were going to be selling. Um, like they had a section of plushies and, you know, all kinds of stuff that towards the end of the day, one of the things that I noticed is towards the end of the day and towards the beginning of the day, almost all of the ROM hack stuff was either covered up or it wasn't out yet. Um, And when we were going around the vendor halls and everything was packed up way before everybody else was packed up, that guy had all of the ROM hacks packed up. And that kind of made me feel like he knew he wasn't supposed to probably wasn't supposed to be selling the stuff there. But again, you know, I'm sure some of the people at MGC that run MGC probably didn't really know or care either. You know, right. Because I. I've I've been to C2E2 and
0: like I've walked up and down the aisles and you see VHSs that are clearly knockoff VHSs. Yeah, all in a row and it's 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 the same thing and it's like how like how are you selling knockoff VHSs? It's such a big event, but like who who is who's going to say something? I I guess with with Midwest Gaming Classic, I mean like. At, Going like who cares about a VHS? It's like nine. I think they sell them for like nine or ten dollars or something. And whoever's buying them is absolutely insane because it's a VHS. But I don't know, forty dollars for a ROM hack that you can play online for free, just so you can play it in your Game Boy and your Game Boy Advance, and like know in the back of your head that like the guy selling it is not the guy who created it. Right. Just like it, oh, it like it irks me more than losing at Clash Royale.
1: yeah it's it's pretty shady it really is
0: like you said it's 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 like fan art but when like i'm buying a pokemon print from an artist it's very cool to be like oh you did this like you did this art you put the time into it like yeah you don't own the copyright to bulbasaur and yeah you're probably only selling them at these shows and you're probably gonna make you know a couple bucks but like to me it's like i'm not buying it because it's well I'm buying it because I like it And because it's something I like like Pokemon But like I'm more of like Here's the money for your time And your art Not so much like here's some money for ripping off Somebody
1: And that's that's a really good analogy for it It's like if you were running an art booth And you went online And googled Pokemon fan art And then printed out a bunch of stuff And sold prints Like that's that's pretty much what this guy's doing <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that was probably the the most shocking thing at Midwest Gaming Classic.
1: However, let me say there are that is that's one specific instance amongst everything else that's going on there and in the vendor hall and stuff like that. I don't want that to overshadow the fact that there are a lot of really really awesome vendors there too. Um and a lot of really amazing, you know, independent projects that people have booths in the vendor hall f- to to sell and showcase their own work too like uh one of the things that i saw that was a really awesome and B really um kind of a perfect fit for this convention was uh i think the comp the the company is called retrotainment or um maybe cash in culture but they had a game called haunted halloween 85 and it's it was a retro like an 8-bit nintendo retro game that they made uh and they released it only on nes cartridges that they that they bought and they published it as a a nintendo game as an nes game to like this year and i thought that was really cool and it was also a really really good fit for that convention because not only is it a new game but it also has all of the culture that you find at Midwest gaming classic or that people go to Midwest gaming classic for, Um, and they had a really cool booth in the vendor hall. They were really, really nice guys. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate that you then go to other portions of the vendor hall and you see some of the shadier things happening. Yeah. Unfortunately too. I mean, I'm guessing the guy that was selling the ROM hacks and stuff probably walked away with way more money than those guys did, but you know can't win them all can't win them all that being said though there is a lot of really awesome stuff going on in the vendor hall aside from the shady stuff that's going on too
0: yeah it's it's a it's an interesting show and it's a, like you said earlier it's it's gotten way bigger i think the space it, i i it's been said probably for 3 years straight now like the space is too small for the amount of people that it draws in having us having a new room was It was refreshing, but it was also frustrating. Mm -hmm. It was like we know how busy this convention is, and now we're with a smaller room. Like it's great that we're in a different room to like you know just to mix things up and to try something different, but this room is too tiny. And uh, I don't know. I think I was I was telling Irene this, and and. My friend Kay and I got to I got to give a shout out to Kay because Kay comes all the way from Michigan. He's been coming since I started going to the Midwest Game Classic. This is the sixth year he hasn't missed it. The last two years he's he's helped me set up. He's helped me tear down. He brings an extra TV in case I needs it. I need it. He brings extra Pokemon games and Nintendo sixty four. Like uh, he brought his Wii U this year so we could hook up Pokin and have like. Two pokens connected through Ethernet, uh, which probably on our next episode I'll explain what a headache that was. But big big shout out to Kay, like what a great dude. And uh I know he listens to podcasts, but like just gotta give him a shout out. What I w- what I was saying to them was like it's so weird and it could just be because the you know the convention's gotten so big or like or you know, the convention is very like you know what to expect. Like these guys are always here. Those guys are always there. Like these vendors always return. Pokemon podcast is always downstairs in the basement, but like, you know what to expect. So like the first two or three years, I felt like our room was so podcast focused where people would come in. They would ask about the podcast. They would grab a business card. We would sell some, uh, t-shirts or some buttons or some stickers related to the podcast some people would stay for Pokemon Stadium, you know, some people would do some Pokemon Snap. Like, there was a real good ebb and flow in the room. This year, it was almost like none of that. I don't know many people that came in to, like, specifically ask about the podcast. Like, we, when you're sitting in the room and you see people walk by, you always hear, like, Midwest Gaming Pokemon Podcast. Oh, that's where the Pokemon stuff is. Or And they would either come in or they would keep walking. And obviously, that's it's normal, like not in a Pokemon you're not going to come in maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on playing old Pokemon games or playing Pokin, where I don't know like I I'm there for the podcast at the end of the day right and people playing Pokin is really cool but like they're not walking out with a business card and I, I I'm right. not telling people to come in and like buy a shirt buy these two dollar shirts because I'm trying to get rid of them because they're the pun is no longer funny um but there's something that kind of like deep down bothers me that like these are my tvs these are my wii us this is my game this is my controller like everything is mine and people come in and they play it and they leave and cool they have a smile on my face but like my enjoyment would have been like oh you run a podcast can i get a business card and (laughs) it's like maybe if I take all that away and just have the room and we, we talked about this, Mike and I talked about this of like, do I even want to do this next year? Like to to bring all my stuff is one thing to like keep people entertained and to like be there. But like to dedicate my time is also probably more valuable than any of that. Right. Like to spend the entire day Friday setting up to spend the entire day Saturday, like, I have to be there by 9, I have to stay there till 8, I have friends that come in out of town for this, and like, yeah, we can get dinner, and we can maybe do one or two things, but then I gotta go to bed, because I gotta do it all again on Sunday, and it's like, well, Sunday it ends at 5, we can do more, and it's like, well, no, I gotta tear down, and I'm completely exhausted after that, and it's like, on Monday, I just wanna sleep in, because I have zero sleep, and the week up to that is just me planning, making sure I have, like, change, and uh, all the cables, and... Stupid stuff that I probably would have forgotten, even if I made a huge list. 50 hours, more than 72 hours of my week to go into watching somebody play Poking and walking out. Is that worth my time?
1: Yeah, and when we talked about it, that's kind of what I would say. I, I mean, I have a little bit of a different opinion of it because I, I mean, I think I've brought it up when I was on the show way back but that's mgc is how i found you like that's how i found the podcast that's how i started listening what was it 3 3 years or however long ago now like that was the first time that i saw you in the uh midwest gaming classic and i was so amazed that somebody had a room entirely dedicated to pokemon and i grabbed that little card that's how i started listening to the podcast so i can see that some people can find it can find the podcast that way. And that's, that's great that there are some people that are maybe finding it that didn't know that it existed before, like I did. But for the most part, it seems like the last couple of years, MGC has really just become, it's mostly just become a vendor hall and kind of like a museum showcase where people sometimes go to show off their product or, you know, their project or whatever it is that they, They're coming to showcase like you do with the Pokemon podcast and um, that fighting game. Those guys have been there multiple years now. They do. um, It's kind of like old school Mortal Kombat games where it's like live action animation. Those guys have been there so many years. And I have to wonder how many people even talk to them about their project anymore and how many people just come in just to play it. Those all of those rooms in the block that you were in this year, it's it's almost like anybody that's there checking anything out. It's just a museum to them. They come in, they look around, they play it. They don't talk to the person who's running the room and then they leave and they move on to the next room. And it's, it's, you know, I I guess it's, it's almost like that culture just doesn't seem to really fit the, the, the maker culture, I guess anymore.
0: So, yeah, it, 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 it's weird. Like it, it, pains me to be like "Ah, i don't want to do mgc because i feel like mgc is like one of like the things that pokemon podcast does every year i speak at c2e2 every year and i absolutely love that and i go to mgc and i run a room where people come in and they're like this is really cool and hopefully they leave with knowing that i run a podcast or like i do i try to do cool things and i didn't Feel that at all this year and that's not to say like I had people come in that have come in from years to year and they're like love the show this episode was really funny or I liked when you told that wrestling story or like there were a handful of people that did that like the and that means the world to me like it feels so great to like meet somebody in person that goes I listen to your show and I enjoy it and it's like wow awesome cool like this is why I'm here for the weekend but that was so f- far and few between compared to last years it was just
1: right very it, it was very heavy and really i think you know this it kind of it fuels my opinion that it needs to move it needs to be somewhere that feels more like a convention and less like less like a showcase because that's really all it is now even even when they have people you know, doing talks and stuff like that. It's in a bar. It's at the bar in a restaurant in the, in the inside the hotel restaurant that's open to the entire hallway. And so many people are walking through that. Nobody is paying attention to the talks. And the few people that are paying attention to the talks probably can't hear what they're saying very well. It's probably not a really good environment for having a talk or, you know, and, and, I think if it moved, if it went somewhere else and it was it was kind of refreshed, that would help it a lot. Unfortunately, I don't think that that's really after 15 years of this. I don't think that that's really going to happen. You know, it's it's it feels like it's always going to be walking into a museum, an interactive museum, buying stuff that is in some cases kind of questionable. (laughs) And just walking through a hotel hallway if they could change that i could see that being really beneficial to people like yourself or other makers who want to show off their products or their projects but until there's some sort of change in the format it's just not conducive to getting people interested i guess because they're not there to be interested in something they're there to play the same you know, play old pinball stuff that they haven't seen in a long time or play old, uh, you know, Super Nintendo games that they haven't seen in a really long time. Or in a lot of cases, it's parents who are not really there to, you know, see anything new. Their whole reason for being there is that they're bringing their kids to show them the games that they played when they were a kid, you know, and they're not there to be interested in new projects or. You know, stuff like that. And I guess it to some degree, some of it is not going to change. And that's probably okay for for a lot of the people there. But, you know, a lot of the consumers that are there, but the people that are actually running it or the people that are actively involved in it, like yourself and like the the haunted Halloween guys and stuff like that. You know, it's not really conducive to them to for, for what they're, you know. Their reason for being there is.
0: Yeah, I, I already have like a million things running through my head of like next year. Like, what am I going to do next year? Am I like, going to go back next year? And it's like, well, I feel like I can't get my old room back. I feel like that's off the table because it's like, why would the people that are now in it give it up? Right. I think about this smaller room and I think about what went wrong and what went right in the past. And, and there's a co- like a couple things that like, I think matter like obviously advertising my podcast and like making sure that people know that like you said it when you were outside the door this is the Pokemon podcast room and I think the podcast gets forgotten when you walk in. Yeah. <laughs> but like I do have the the arcade machine that I built the pinball machine. Mhm. And I think that is a showpiece that sticks out at any convention I would take it to. Right. I think Maybe marrying the fact that like I've worked with a ton of artists before and I'm sure those artists would like to get their work out and I would be more than happy to be like let's build a wall inside this room of all your guys' art and let me sell it for you and like give back to the artists that have done stuff for me in the past. Like I think that would be really cool Mm -hmm. because running Pokemon Stadium 2 every year is just not working. (laughs)
1: And there were a lot of people that came in that were excited about, you know, seeing the art that was there and the stickers and stuff like that. You know, there were a couple people who were specifically really excited about the Splatoon Pokemon mashup stickers, and that was really cool to see. And you still did have, you know, a good handful of people that came in and were either listeners or hadn't heard about it before and we're asking questions about it and stuff like that. The the two things that stick out in my mind were um, the dad with his son and daughter who came in and they were referencing old jokes from the podcast. And you were like, it's always surreal to me that people remember, you know, or when people are telling me jokes that come from the podcast (laughs) in person. Um, And then the kid and his mom who came in and they'd said that they, you know, listened to the podcast and stuff like that. And, that the one kid who specifically was asking uh, for information on, what was it? Shiny Ralts, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, he was trying yeah. to figure out how to get a Shiny Ralts. Shout out to that kid. There's no easy answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's really cool to, to see that from, you know, the, the, the volunteer side of, of the Pokemon podcast room. But, you know, when it's all said and done... I think maybe the takeaway is that it's it it comes across more as like a you know a showcase I guess and yeah. that's just generally the the show I think I don't know that that's necessarily just on your part but just the culture of that show
0: mhm yeah
1: whereas you know 4
0: years ago it wasn't so much like that right well well to be honest, I didn't think we'd be talking this long about Midwest Gaming <laughs> Classic, but <laughs> I, I had feel, a lot to say about old MGC. You put Micah and I in a room, we could talk forever. It's true. About anything. We'll just never <laughs> shut up. I do want to uh, touch on, Micah was not here for this, he was, I think you were streaming, I forget what you were streaming, um, but... Uh, Last night? Was uh, Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. Sure yeah, that was I'd...
1: Quantum Break.
0: Yeah, Quantum Break. Uh, I ran a Pokemon movie night. I ran that on a service called Rabbit. Have you heard of Rabbit, Micah?
1: I have. We actually, uh, f- I have a um, Discord server for viewers of the, the, um, the Twitch channel, my Twitch channel, and we have a specific section in the Discord server called Squared Circle, and we occasionally will watch uh, wrestling on Rabbit together. Yeah,
0: Irene discovered Rabbit about a month ago and she she uses it like every single night watching with other people. So for our listeners that don't know how it works, uh, Rabbit, it's R A B B dot I T. That's the website, but they pronounce it rabbit because they reached out to me and we I talked with them a little bit. But it you the host, let's just say me, would log into Rabbit. I would pick something to watch and it can auto connect to YouTube. I believe it can connect to Netflix, it can connect to HBO Go. I don't know how or why this is legal by the way. Speaking <laughs> I have the of same question. Speaking of but... legality cuz I know when you like buy a DVD, like you get the warning that says like only you can watch this DVD because you purchased the viewing license right of the
1: DVD. I'm not totally sure here. We were talking about this Uh, when we were talking when Wrestlemania was coming up because the people that I typically watch wrestling with were like oh we should watch Wrestlemania together on rabbit and I was like well it doesn't say that you know the network is something that you can pull up through rabbit but when you're in rabbit you're essentially just using a browser so I don't know if you can just look at anything you should I would imagine be able to just go anywhere right yeah I think so because when you hit the Hulu button, it just brings up Google Chrome. Right. <laughs> just brings up a browser.
0: Yeah, so I don't, I don't know exactly how it works. But anyways, so if I'm the host, uh, I bring up a movie, and then I get a link, and then I send that link out, and people click it, and then they join the room. And once they join your rabbit room, there's a chat window on the side that everyone can start chatting in. But you can also have the option to turn on everyone's voice, or if the person wants their voice on and a video feed of them. So if you're watching the movie, you can have like like everyone's face video face like at the bottom and like everyone could be talking over the movie and stuff. And I didn't want that for our first rabbit. We just kept it to chat. But on Tuesday we watched uh Pokemon Arceus and the Jewel of Life. It was the first time I saw that movie and there was uh Rabbit can hold 25 people, I believe. And we had a turnout of it about 17 people, give or take, you know, a couple that came in and came out later, you know, had to leave early. Uh, but it was really fun. Like, it was, I, I I will probably do a whole episode later dedicated on the movie itself. And I think you guys have enjoyed that in the past when I did a whole episode for, um, what's the request? Destiny Deoxys, and then I did one for the Victini movie. So I'll probably do one for Arceus and the Jewel of Life, just not today. But yeah, so people came in for Rabbit, we watched the movie, we chatted, there was a lot of jokes that came out of it, it was it was really fun, like, it was the fat, the movie's 90 minutes, and when, boy did time just fly by, uh, it was really, really awesome, everyone in the chat was really cool. Everyone was really funny. I was laughing the entire time. The movie itself was actually really good. One of the better Pokemon movies I would I would uh argue with anyone that it was very good. Uh not a lot of Ash, but a lot of Pokemon. And that's that's all you can ask for in a Pokemon movie, really.
1: <laughs> that's the formula for the perfect Pokemon movie. <sighs>
0: Minimize Ash. <laughs> Bring up the Totodiles. Yeah, it was it was a good movie. It was a good time. Uh, we will be probably doing another rabbit Pokemon movie night. Let me let me pull up my calendar real quick. I just wanna make sure that I get you guys the right date.
1: For the uh, record, I I just pulled it up just to see. And it is just a browser, then you can go anywhere on it.
0: Okay. Yeah, you can I can pull do, up whatever you want. Do not know how that is legal, but okay. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's uh, essentially screen sharing but on like a larger scale, I guess. Yeah. And not with your own computer.
0: <laughs> so we will be doing another movie night on Friday, April 22nd, so about a week from when this podcast is published. Uh, I will... It will probably be around 8 to 9 p.m. Central Time. I don't know the exact time, but we'll do it on the Friday night so more people can attend because obviously Tuesday night was a little... It's a weird night to stream a movie. Mm-hmm. So we'll do it on Friday night. It's limited to 24 people because obviously me being the host counts as one of the 25. The $10 backers on Slack, the community backers will get first access. I think there's 10 of them. And then the rest of the Slack will get access to the movie night, first come, first serve. And then if that doesn't fill up, we'll send the link to Twitter and Facebook. So like I said, we had about, we had a turnout about 18 people last time. Very last minute, but it was it was a lot of fun and everyone it, everyone in chat was like let's watch another movie right now and I was like no guys we there are only 18 pokemon movies. <laughs> we cannot burn through all of them in one night. We got to space this out. Got to minimize it. More is, or less is more. <laughs> yeah, so if uh if you're interested in watching a pokemon movie and uh participating in ho- hilarious jokes. I think I'm funny sometimes. Uh, April 22nd will be our next movie night and uh, yeah stuff like this wouldn't really be possible without our Patreon backers so I want to give them I want to give them a shout out
1: it's a really cool thing too you know it's it's something that I found recently too and it's 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 a really cool way to connect with people
0: and if there's any other Pokemon podcast trying to stream movies over Rabbit I just want to lay it out here that we did this first <laughs> <laughs> I will burn that fridge right now <laughs> They'll probably
1: watch all the movies with more ash in them. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll <laughs> watch the Celebi movie. Actually, that that was a point of contention in the car during <laughs> Milwaukee, yeah, the Midwest Game Classic. The Celebi movie's not good.
0: It got pretty heated. I mean, the end of the movie redeems the first terribleness that we
1: call the first 30 minutes. I just really like Celebi, and that's really all that I have for that discussion. I mean, it is an onion.
0: <laughs> no one's debating you there. Good good old onion Pokemon.
1: Yeah, Man, so uh, they really ran out of ideas. So if,
0: if if you're interested in watching a Pokemon movie, you have any questions, you can just you can hit me up on Twitter, you can DM me in Slack. Either one of those options is fine. But plan for mark your calendars for April twenty second. Hopefully we can fill the room this this next time and then in times in the future. Uh, I don't, I, I, I could keep talking tonight. I'm on like, I'm on a, I'm on an energy high at 1am, but we should, uh, we should wrap it up. Cause I only told you Micah that would be a half hour, but here we are
1: rambling. I mean, I can, I'm in the same position. This is like, this is like my 9am. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all the third shifters, uh, that are wide awake right now. <laughs>
0: what's uh what's on your agenda for the weekend you you streaming some more i'm
1: gonna try and finish quantum break tomorrow i think what's the well, like, day this I is guess. podcast thursday. form thursday night i'm gonna try and finish quantum break i believe it's only about an eight to nine hour game and we put about five or six in tuesday night so i think we can probably finish it in one night and i'm looking forward to finishing that and then uh i i kind of want to check out the new ratchet and clank I've seen a lot of people, a lot of other people playing it, and I've never really been interested in the series before, but it's kind of a reboot, so I feel like this is a good
0: entry point. I was kind of itching to play it, but I think I'll just wait for the movie.
1: Is, no. it, is it like a movie game? I uh, guess I don't totally understand what's going
0: on here. So, the new Ratchet and Clank game is right. based on the movie that comes out at the end of the month. Right. But the movie is based on the very first Ratchet and Clank game. Okay. The movie is based on the game, but the game is based on the movie.
1: Got it. <laughs> really confusing, but and I got they're,
0: it. They're very... From from what I've heard from reviews and po- other podcast dis- discussion, the game is very self-aware That is, it is based on a movie which is based on a game, which is ultimately a remake, but not quite a remake because they're because it's based on a movie. <laughs> it sounds like my
1: kind of confusion. Yes. So, yes. so I, I may do that, but Dark Souls 3 also came out
0: yesterday. I heard
1: that was having a lot of problems. It is. That's kind of why I'm staying away from it for the time being. Because the, th- the, the things that I've been playing the most in the last couple months have been Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2. Because I had never completed them before. Um, and I wanted to finish them before 3 came out. So when 3 came out, a lot of people... A lot of the viewers were like, well, why aren't you playing Dark Souls three? But I've heard that a lot of people are having some uh, n- known glitch issues with the game. Um, so I'm going to kind of maybe wait that out until some of that stuff is patched. But yeah. that's on the horizon as well. Of course, next week is Star Fox Zero. So Do that have- may, be a, may be a thing. <laughs> maybe may a thing. <laughs> we'll We'll see.
0: Well, on, uh, if you guys are listening to this on Thursday sometime, because this episode will come out on Thursday, April 14th, uh, I will be streaming Pokemon Tournament again like I have been every Thursday. Me and my boy Blaziken have kicked
1: Machamp to the curb.
0: Uh, if you want to... Gotta get on
1: that Septile game, man.
0: no, nah, screw Septile, <laughs> Christmas Tree City. So uh, if you want to join in on that, that will be on Twitch. Starts at 8 p.m. Central Time. The VR, VS, VR, VS code uh, is just PCAM and cast all lowercase. And we usually have a good turnout for that. We usually have 20 or so people playing poker Tournament with us. And I, I lose a lot, but it's still fun. Definitely getting better at that. Uh, we will be back for Dungeons and Dragon Knights on Tuesday. Greg will return from his honeymoon. That will be Tuesday, April 19th. So at 7 p.m. Central Time, that'll be episode seven of Dungeons and Dragonites, and uh, we're we're kind of pinning down about ten to twelve episodes of that, uh, depending on how much of story we get through per episode. We'll we'll refine that, and then once that season is over, we'll take a we'll take a a month or so off and just kind of rework things for season two because that has been a little more successful than I uh, I, I originally imagined. And it does very well in iTunes, which is great because uh, uh, other people have found it super effective because of Dungeons and Dragons. Just because it
1: it's hitting a different audience, it's unique. It's a very, very unique take on just standard Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, I think it's
0: it, it's fun to do. I look forward to it, but it's it's like crazy because I'm like reading off this calendar of like, oh, we're like. We're doing this on Tuesday. We're doing this on Thursday, and on Friday we're doing this movie night. And it's like Pokemon podcast is doing a lot of we- a lot of things a week now. Yep, uh, which is a little exhausting. I got I, I I have to get my Final Fantasy 14 and my Destiny and, and my Clash Royale <laughs> and I got to get this all in before Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, but I think that will that will wrap things up for today's show. I mean, I could keep talking, but I gotta edit this and get it out to you guys. So I think that's kind of important as well. Nah,
1: uh, editing?
0: Nah, nah. who nah. needs to edit? Nah, we just you know no edits. Put it up, call it raw. That's raw comedy you're hearing right here. <laughs> we don't want to edit out our raw, but
1: raw raw content. Just it's the best.
0: I'm not I'm not going to harsh on any podcast but if you say that you do not want to edit because you think that raw comedy is funnier just, uh, i hate to break it to you
1: just clean it up a little bit so. Right. Just,
0: and and that, that's that's to any podcast that is not picking on any specific topic or genre that is to any podcast like editing is super important
1: you know it's just professionalism just make it make it look make it sound professional <laughs>
0: This is like this is the it's part pretty, of the podcast where simple. I purposely put in like huge like blank space between us talking, <laughs> and then it sounds like really awkward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
0: <laughs> I think that wraps it up. Uh, Micah, where you're a Twitch streamer, where can our listeners uh, watch your face? Uh, You can
1: find me behind the bar at the tavern, usually five nights a week, Monday through Friday, starting around 8 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash Mike of the Brave. And you can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Mike of the Brave. That's where I'm at usually. Uh, If you want to follow the podcast on
0: Twitter, it is going to be at Pokemon Podcast. That's going to be the best way to stay up to date with uh, news and information regarding the show and what's going on and movie night stuff. And uh you can follow me on Twitter at Dragging Lake. And uh if you haven't done so already before I let you go, I, I try not to make these endings long anymore because you know sometimes people are like oh he's doing the ending. Time to cut it off. No one needs to hear that. <laughs> fantastic end credits. That is now different by the way. Uh but if you, you would have... know that unless you stick around. That's right. But if you haven't done so already, I would appreciate you to leave a review in iTunes for the show. It helps other people find the show. It helps boost us in iTunes. We've been doing really well. We want to keep that momentum going for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, So that would help a lot to just leave a review. Otherwise... Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back on our normal schedule this coming week, so expect a show on Monday, the 18th of April. Expect one around there. Uh, I'm not sure morning or night. Depends on when we, get, uh, when we get that recorded and edited, but expect it around that date, normal schedule. I am at Dragon Lake on Twitter. Micah's at Micah the Brave on Twitter. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we
1: are... Super effective.